Welcome to Movable Dough, the podcast where I interview and promote living composers. Join me as I talk with composers about their current projects, their past successes and setbacks, and their personal journeys. For more information about this podcast, please visit sdcompose.com slash movabledough. Hey, this is Steve. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Movable Dough. Today, I will be speaking with Evan Zimbinji, conductor, composer, and arranger from Nairobi, Kenya. He is the director of the Jobel Chorale in Nairobi, a teacher at Zetek University and Karura SDA School, and an international lecturer on the state of choral music in Kenya. His compositions and arrangements focus mostly on the sacred, gospel, and traditional Kenyan music. In 2018, he participated in the ACDA International Conductors Exchange Program, which brought him from Kenya to the U.S., which is how I first made his acquaintance. Evans Mbinji, welcome to Movable Doe. Jambu na karibu. Jambu sana, santa sana. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. First of all, what do you prefer that people call you? So my, my wife always says he's the man of a thousand names because I refer to you differently. Every time I talk <laughs> about you, I call it yeah. Evans, Evo. Mbinji, Mwalimu, you know, what, what is your preferred way of being addressed? Uh, all those are my names. You, different people, friends call me Ivo. That's just a casual name and a friendly name. But my official names are uh, Evans, Obanda, Binji. But uh, you'll pass some streets, people calling you Mwalimu, or calling you, oh, my teacher, or calling you Ivo. So it also depends with the uh, the way you, you 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 deal with different people, yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't mind any. <laughs> All right. Well, just yeah. start on a, a personal note. I have to say, you are potentially the only guest that I will have on this podcast that I've actually stayed at your home. Uh, for our yeah. listeners, I took a trip to Kenya back in February of this year, just before the pandemic, when travel was still allowed. Uh, and Evans and his family put me up for two weeks and help me learn how to live and eat like a Kenyan. So I have to say that I'm really happy to see you healthy and, and happy uh, and so glad to talk with you again. Uh, so I wanted to, to ask um, also about your upbringing because I know English was not your first language, right? True. So yeah. yeah, talk about growing up what, what in your language uh, development. Uh, I'm actually a Kenyan, and uh, parents, uh, both parents, have uh, lived in Kenya. And uh, I grew up. My father was uh, was an engineer. My mother was a uh, was a housewife, business lady, and uh, we grew up in uh, in uh, in a local, yeah, locally. And then uh, that in in Nairobi, capital city of Kenya. Then my father used to get transfers different parts of the towns. Then we went to Mombasa, and uh, I had to go through different schools because of uh, the transfers of, of my father. And uh, my father, I'm glad that he was a music director, a church choir music director, and he used to play uh, guitar and uh, piano. So most of my music actually natured me when I was young. Yeah, so was most of your music education outside of school or did you get some education in school as well? 
Yes, I would uh, say that when I was in high school, I didn't uh, do music, but later because of that, uh, that talent and aspiring and always seeing what my, my dad was able to, was able to do, it, uh, it, it gave me hope and uh, it made me believe that this is something that I can do. So, but uh, I never did it in university. My first uh, career that I, I, I took was actually business management, sales and marketing. Okay. Yes. So later I started training choirs and I believe that this is something surely that I can, I can do. So I started uh, part-time classes, ABRSM exams, up to grade eight. And then I enrolled with uh, some university, Daystar University and uh, Baraton University, which I later pursued music. That's awesome. So yes. when, you, when you decided to make that switch from business management to music, was your family supportive? Were they a little bit nervous? I mean, you said your father was a musician, so... Actually, it was my my wife actually really supported me towards that, and she told me that you can make it. Uh, it may probably take you some time if you drop the other, but uh, surely you can make it because you have the talent, you have the passion, and uh, people started knowing you in music. Of course, I used to by that by then I used to teach Karura SDA just choir, so the name was already there. And even my parents really supported me. Yes. Uh, how common is it to become a professional musician in Kenya? Is that still a, a, a new thing or is, is that a common thing? Mm, it is uh, not. It, I would say it's both. It's common and not common. But uh, currently people have... Uh, it has started being common and uh, people have started admiring music as a career and many people are coming into it. Originally, people never used to do it professionally. People used to think that music is just about singing in choir and singing in, in, in church and singing in national uh, celebration days, but people have started believing that there is a lot of potential in singing generally yeah. and in music, yes. So is the is the training uh, possibilities better now than they were? And more university studies available and things like that? Yes, you know, long time uh, it used to be when you're doing music, it is uh, you just be a music teacher in in classroom, and uh, there's nowhere you you you'll, you'll end up. Yeah, that's it, and probably just teaching a church choir. But see, people are now are now coming in, and there is a lot of potential. In musicians because it's not just school it's not just a choir but there is a lot involved yeah I, I find that really interesting because I know the Kenyan tradition of singing is very deep Kenyans sure. love to sing the catalog of Kenyan folk songs is huge yes. uh, so just thinking about sort of setting a, a Kenyan folk song for for a choir how much of the original of the original song are you trying to preserve? How much are you trying to how much of that flavor are you still trying to capture when you set it? That's a very good question. You realize that in Kenya we have uh, very many almost about uh, more than forty two uh, communities that's uh, those are uh, different tribes 
and all these communities have different cultures and uh, they have different beliefs of styles of, uh, of, of their singing and you'll find that they all have different folk yeah different kind of folk, folk style so as arranging sometimes when you want to arrange in a, a style probably in one community like my community Amaluo you have to always maintain the traditional idiom of that music if it is a movement if it is a probably the the melody yeah if the melody is sacred probably you will maintain that you will not mix secular uh secular style in a sacred idiom yeah so different communities have different ways of doing their thing there are others that are probably they are limited in their melodies so probably you'll pick a, a secular melody and and include probably a sacred text but in other communities probably they will not allow that so it is a uh, dynamic mm. yeah that, yes. that's uh, that's something that we don't think about too often in the u.s all right is the yeah. the different tribal uh, dynamics that you have there uh so yes. so what do you enjoy but most about normally what we normally maintain is the melody has to be consistent yes no interfering of the melody yeah, so what is it that you feel like you enjoy most about setting Kenyan music? What is it that strikes you most? Uh, I love our, our Kenyan music because of the rhythms. They're very traditional. Yeah, they are, they are, they are very artistic. And, uh, and the, ryth the rhythm, the, the idioms, and, uh, and it's almost similar to African-American. Yeah, so I really enjoy writing our, 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 our melodies. Yeah. I know you also write a lot yeah. for your church choirs that you work with. Um, yes. But I know that music literacy is not very high in Kenya. At least it, it's getting higher. You know, as music education expands, you're getting more literacy there. But as you're yeah. writing for, for these people that you know don't read very well, um, you know, what are, are you thinking about how you would teach this? Are you thinking in a teaching mode as you're writing for them? Actually, most of, uh, most of the time, you know, most of our choirs and singers are, uh, are non-auditioned. Most have not studied music. Most are even, uh, they have the passion to sing, but probably they're not good singers. So sometimes I think, of the choir first, that is number one. I become like them because I know that that is where I came from. And then I imagine, are they able to execute this melody? Are they able to execute this, uh, this style? Are they able to execute this in terms of uh, the styles I'm going to use, the, the harmonies? So I normally think of them first when I'm doing my arrangements and even compositions. Yeah. Do you prefer to write in uh, Kiswahili or do you like writing in English? It, uh, I have trained different choirs and uh, it depends with the choir. Like my church choir, I do a lot with them, uh, both Kiswahili and English. 
my actually my my singing group Jovel Choral, I do with them also different styles. But uh, we normally have festivals like Kenya Music Festival where there are different categories, and there are categories sometimes I prefer writing English. Yeah, and uh, you will find that sometimes when you do traditional, probably you'll not uh, really bring out the what what you want to achieve on stage. Mm -hmm. So it all depends, but I'm able, I'm capable of writing traditional, Kiswahili, and English. Have you ever written for your traditional, uh, for your tribal language? I have, I have done before for my school choir, Karora, for a festival. I've yeah. done that, yes. That's awesome. All right, so I want to I want to talk to you just a little bit about your trip to the U.S. in 2018 uh, mm -hmm. with the ACDA International Conductor Exchange Program. So, can you tell us a little bit about that experience and what you learned from that trip? It was uh, actually a very nice trip, and I would really want to thank uh, Dr. T.J. Harper and Dr. Tim Sharp and uh, Ken Wakia for making this uh, work because it, it was not that easy for bringing, coming together and organizing this. But at last it was very, very successful. They really supported me and I really want to thank them for, for bringing me on board and uh, for, for getting to, to know that I'm able to, to go outside there and uh, do some choral activities in the exchange program. And I would really like to thank uh, people that different conductors, that I worked with, especially in UW. Dr. Geoffrey Boas was very supportive. Dr. Giselle Wears, hope I'm pronouncing well. <laughs> she was also very, very supportive. And then in uh, Mizola, Montana, there was Dr. De Edmond De De David. And then uh, Dr. Michael Porter in Boise State University. And uh, the other friends, like uh, like you are one of your students, one of your colleagues, Gerrit Schipper, mm -hmm. was also very supportive when I was coming to UW, and many others that were were really supportive. And I get to meet different choirs, which were very talented, very professional, in my tour, and it was uh, about learning about uh, the culture there, learning about different composers. There's uh, different composers that I also met there that uh, were able to, we are able to share with, with them so much, like uh, Dr. Andrew Thomas, there was Stacy Gibbs, which have sung most of his music. So this collaboration was, uh, was very fruitful to me. Yeah, did you, do you feel like, uh, the trip influenced your writing. I know some composers have made trips internationally to different countries and they've come back and they've written something in the style of music they heard or they uh, write something in tribute to uh, to what they what they learned. Do you feel like your trip in 2018 has inspired you or or changed the way you write? Actually, it really did inspire me a lot. I had to meet different composers and they were sharing with me that you need to, when you're writing your music, you need to do this and this, you need to think about, think, about, think on uh, the people you're writing for, 
you need to think of, of, of your of your congre the congregation the the people you are going to to do a concert for so it really inspired me a lot and especially the songs that i wrote after that i'm telling you it's uh, I'm, I'm not the evans binge of of of, of the, the old evans binge i'm a new evans binge and of yeah. course i also get to got got to meet you and we shared a lot with you and you i can also say that uh, you are also an inspiration to me oh well thank yeah. you very much yeah Great. yeah i i really enjoyed meeting you when you were at university of washington i thought that uh, that was a, a wonderful collaboration which i'm i'm glad uh, acda was able to help make happen so i think you have an advantage of having worked closely with choirs from the us and kenya how would you describe the difference between the sounds of choirs from the two places? Oh, great. Uh, I would say that uh, I normally tell my singers that uh, choral music is uh, actually originated in, in in the West. Us, we were we were we were folk people, folk music. We never used to know things like harmony, things like uh, arrangements and. Uh, writing of music it's just unisonal singing so you sing you sing naturally with the with your voice but uh sometimes i tell my singers you know choral music does is that does not belong to us so we need to have that kind of tone like americans like germans like from the west so it's a little bit different because us here you know it is not so natural you have to really produce almost the same style that uh, from, from the Western side. Yeah, because most of our tones is the traditional, and that is how we are brought, brought up. But uh, the sound, especially in, uh, in abroad, is, uh, is a good sound, is, uh, is very well natured, probably because uh, you've been singing the same style, choral music from, uh, from childhood. Right. Well, I can I can tell you from experience uh, when I was in Kenya and I heard Kenyan sing the traditional Kenyan music and these folk songs. The the sound is absolutely incredible, and the joy that is on their faces uh, when they sing is infectious. Uh, I loved watching them sing. Uh, Probably it is because of uh, the trainings that now right now we have different. Uh, music conductors and different uh, uh, choir masters who are uh, are learning a lot from especially choirs in abroad and uh, that one has really impacted the, the singing in Kenya right now. Yeah so when I came to Kenya uh, you asked me to arrange a piece for your choir uh, which is the Lord yeah. is my shepherd in Kiswahili uh, it is obviously a, a sacred text. Um, also, you requested that I send you mostly sacred music uh, that I've written for your choirs to sing. I've noticed that many, not all, but many of the traditional Kenyan songs that I've heard um, and that you've arranged also have sort of a, a sacred nature. There's a lot of uh, mention of God. Is that, is that something that, is, that you find common in, in Kenyan music? It is uh, very common because uh, actually we have very few community choirs in Kenya. Most of the choirs are, uh, 
are uh, Christian oriented, and most of us grew up in church-based programs. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you, we, those are the kind of songs we used to sing. So we, we also do secular, but for festivals like Kenya Music Festival. That is the only festival that has different, uh, different styles: the sacred, secular, traditional, Western, all. But so sec- secular are just normally for the festival and probably entertainment during state functions. But most of the songs that are performed each time, every day, through the season, are normally sacred. So let's transition to talking about some of your arrangements. I want to start with uh, Simama Imara, which means stand firm. Uh, yes. So this recording that I'm going to play is of the Jobel Chorale in Nairobi that you are conducting. So when you work on an arrangement like this, are you thinking mostly about text? Uh, are you ta- thinking about feel? What What is your approach to to arranging something like this? Uh, my approach is uh, first is uh, text. Like uh, that is a song that has been, uh, it, 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 it's normally sung during praise and worship in church, most of Kenyan churches. So I would want to identify the, the the song with everyone and people people singing everywhere. So I will maintain the text and then probably the style, yeah. So that uh, not so very traditional in quotes, yeah. That uh, so that somebody sees that also oh, this a choir. So this arranger has done this and this. This is the input of it. So I will maintain the melody, melodic line. And, uh, and text is very, very key. Yeah. yeah. So I know a lot of composers and arrangers write with a specific ensemble in mind. I know you mentioned that uh, earlier as well. Were you writing this specifically for Jobel Corral? Actually, this song, I actually wrote it when I was uh, visiting the America, when I was coming for the, for the exchange program. And so I was thinking something simple that can be performed quite easily and without any problem in terms of rhythm and in terms of uh, text. I actually wrote it during my uh, my collaboration, my my visiting to America. Okay, yeah, so I saw I very simple. Yeah, I saw a recording of you working with the Eagle High School uh, yes. choir in Idaho. 
Uh, is, yeah. is that who you wrote this for when you were working on it? Sure. Actually, I wrote it for them. And okay. uh, that recording that they did, probably it was just, uh, we did it for almost about 10 minutes. So actually I achieved what I was, uh, what I wanted. Yeah. It was amazing. How, how do you feel the differences working on that same piece uh, with the choir in Idaho versus your choir in Nairobi? What's the, what is the difference for you? The difference is uh, the tone there is amazing. And uh, uh, probably they are, they, they are all able to, they're all able to sight read. So it make my work very easy. <laughs> the choirs here, okay, the voices are good. However, you have to train and teach all the voices, accuracy of notes, because most of them probably have never pursued music. Yeah, so they're just singing because uh, they have the passion as, uh, as singers, yeah, but not professionally. Okay, so I want to take a, a, a listen to your to this next arrangement. Uh, this is Buona Nipe uh, Pesa. Buona Nipe Pesa. Uh, yeah, sure. Would you translate that, sir, give me money? Is that how yeah, Buona <laughs> Nipe Pesa. Oh, like uh, somebody, a lady uh, is telling the husband, please give me money. I want to take care of my children. Yeah. Okay, we're going to listen to just a second of this here. This setting sounds very playful. Uh, that's what what I thought of as I, I was listening. Is that the intention that you had? Were you trying to make this uh, sound more playful, or or what were you thinking as you wrote it? This style actually is called zilizopendwa uh, in Kenya. It is a kind of a style of the oldies song that were were written long time. So you try as much as possible to maintain the idiom and the the pop style. So I was imagining as you're singing it, probably people are enjoying, they're dancing, and it's a live performance, very playful, yeah. Yeah, that definitely comes through in the arrangement. Yeah. And this was, this was a, a choir in Montana, correct? Montana. Yeah, yeah. During, the, during your exchange as well. 
actually that is uh, we did it for a concert in uh, Mizola Montana University with uh, Dr. Edmond David and uh, out of all the songs that I wrote to them this is one of the songs that they really really enjoyed and they really liked it yeah you can tell from the performance that there yeah. there's a definite real joy uh, behind yeah, this performance sure. right um all right so so lastly I want to talk about uh, Jumbo Buana and I have the recording here from the University of Washington Chamber Singers and Chorale performing it yeah. uh, when you were visiting us in 2018. Uh, you know, this is my personal favorite of the three, just because I was part of this performance. Um, so sure. let, let's listen for a second. Good. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, you also wrote this arrangement specifically for the UW choir. Is that right? Sure. Actually, when uh, when I was there, when I was in uh, Dr. Geoffrey Barr's office, he mentioned to me that uh, during a concert, they would like to have uh, a song for, for to start during uh, before the concert. And uh, he challenged me, are you able to come up with something or about, for about two or three minutes? I told him, yeah, why not? I can arrange. So he actually told me that you have about uh, 20 minutes. Are you able to come up with, uh, with something uh, for the procession, processional singing? And I did it for about 15 minutes and there it was, it was amazing. I actually wrote it in his office. That's awesome. What was it? What was it about this song that you felt was appropriate for this exchange? Was it the, the text that, that you were drawing from, this jumbo welcome? Actually, this song is one of the common songs that is uh, sung in, uh, in East Africa. And uh, many white composers and arrangers have even arranged it. When you go online, YouTube will find the different arrangements. So this is one of very common songs, I would say, that has been done with several, several choirs. The text is very simple, melody, 
very appropriate, very simple, and uh, it's 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 welcoming people. And uh, the Akuna Matata, there is everything is peaceful. When you come to to Kenya, it's very peaceful. You will really enjoy. It. So it came to my mind that this is the most appropriate song I need to do with UW Choir. Yeah. How do you feel that the performance went? Were you happy with the way it turned out? It was very, very excellent. And uh, they were amazing, amazing singers. You people really did a lot of good justice into the song. And uh, it was so amazing that we learned it just for 10 minutes and it was ready for the performance. Uh, it's amazing. I really enjoyed it. Have you had a chance to use any of these songs that you wrote during the exchange? Have you been able to use them uh, with your choirs back home? Have other choirs contacted you saying, we want to use these pieces as well? Actually, after my uh, my visit, very many choirs asked me for, for copies of those music. And uh, it's, uh, it's only that I, I never published them. So I have been sharing them with the different directors, different choirs, and actually people get to, to know that. So you can arrange, you can compose, please share your music. And I even got so many, so many universities and, and schools there which uh, actually asked me to, to arrange for them music and to write for them songs. Yeah. Yeah. So what sort of projects are you working on now? Are you, I know since we've been in quarantine, Choirs haven't been singing as much. Have you still been writing, working on things? Actually, it has been a disadvantage and advantage during this uh, pandemic because uh, we are not able to teach, train the choirs there outside. But we've been doing virtual choirs. I've been writing. I've been really been writing so many songs for for for, for festivals in Kenya and uh, even for other choirs in abroad. And actually, I've been really motivated by uh, Eric Whittaker. And I've been doing music right now for, for virtual. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be the, the way to go at the moment. Sure. Uh, so if our listeners wanted to learn more about you, find your music, uh, where are you online? Where can they find you? Actually, I've done a lot on... Uh, on Facebook, you can always find me on Facebook. On Facebook, my names are Ivo Ombinji. You can also find uh, some some of my music that I've done on YouTube. Even Obanda Binji, you'll find me on YouTube. I'm also on uh, on Insta Instagram. Even Obanda Binji, you'll find me on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Well, Evans, I really appreciate you coming and talking with me today on Movable Dough. It has been great to talk to you. I hope to come back to Kenya again soon. Sure, um, soon. Great. Yeah. Uh, tell your family hello for me. I, I miss seeing Thank them you. as well. Asante great. sana for being here. On Haribu Movable sana. Dough. First, my regards also to your family. It has been uh, a great interview. And thank you very much. My guest today was composer Evan Zimbinji. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. If you would like to continue this conversation and to hear the full versions of the songs featured on today's episode, join us on our Facebook group, Movable Dough Listeners. 
If you have show or guest suggestions, please email me at movabledoe at gmail.com. This is Steve Danielson. Keep the music moving. <laughs>